I can actually disagree with you politically and still love you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yeah. I can. Amen. Take one, baby. Hey, Downtown Church. Welcome back to the Take One Podcast, baby. We are here. It is Michael Davis that is hosting this morning. I had to take over because some people are, uh, yeah, we're not even going to go there. We got mm. Richard Reeves in the building. <laughs> we got hey, Rebecca hey. Rhodes in the building. We got Showtime on the ones and twos and the world-renowned uh, maestro, minstress, mm-hmm. whatever. What's her G called? I don't know. But Mistress. prophetess. Yeah, that's it. Prophetess Adriana <laughs> Christmas. Uh, we have post-election thoughts going on. Many of, many of us have all thought uh, long and hard this week, and we thought we dealt with a lot, but we want to talk about um, the post-election thoughts, and we have a few questions. So I'm going to throw out one thing here. Um, as we listen to the president-elect, and I want to say something first. Make sure we, we pray. Um, we pray for the current president, and we pray for and the vice president, and president-elect and vice president-elect. Uh, pray for our nation and our, um, our community and our church. But if we're going to do that, here's the question. How do we work towards healing, restoration, and unity after the, the election? Those are a couple things that are on the minds of people. Richard, tell us how we're going to do it. Yeah, um, I think uh, I mean, we're, we're focusing specifically for a downtown church um, on this podcast, and I think that this question opens up a huge can of worms because if an election is what's dividing our body, then what was uniting it prior to the election was politics and mm-hmm. not Jesus. Wow. Mm. And that has been the... Uh, the reality to me over the last four years, and um, because when Trump was elected, to see the fracture in our church body, uh, really it felt like an indictment on leadership. Uh, it felt like an indictment on our church body, not really the country, not Trump. Um, because the contention is that the church is united through the gospel of Jesus Christ, through a resurrected Christ and his kingdom, um, and government elections are there uh, certainly for us to engage in, uh, for us to invest in, for us to take seriously and do our civic duty, but, um, but the kingdom of God is uh, what we're about what we should be about and what should be uniting us is the reality that I'm a bigger sinner than I ever uh, allow myself to believe and yet through Jesus Christ more loved and accepted than I ever dare hope and um, and working out of that to be the just community um, of the kingdom of God and so so how you know I, I think this go around because we really addressed that over the last four years, um, you know, I, I don't feel the fracture, uh, and maybe it's because the um, election turned out the way it did, but I think even if Trump had won, I don't sense that we would have had the deep fracture in our body. Um, so. So how do we uh, heal, restore, unify? I hope we just keep worshiping Jesus <laughs> mm-hmm. and living out and being the people of God in all of our diversity, uh, Republican, Democrat, um, black, white, Latino, Asian, 
um, you know, rich, middle class, poor, whatever. Um, I hope that's where our focus continues is just to be the people of God. Good, good. Rebecca, what do, what do you think about how we should work towards healing, restoration, and unity after the election? Um, this is a great question. I am excited to hear other people's answer because I am, um, yeah, I, uh, you I think are they're brilliant. There, <laughs> there are, um, yeah, I have a bunch of like really, like I, the big picture answer, I think that's exactly right what Pastor Richard said. And then when I think about individual people and conversations that I have coming up in the next few months, um, specifically maybe as like the holidays approach and seeing people in our lives who, um, you know, maybe are outside of the circles of how I tend to think politically, um, then that's when it kind of um, makes me kind of my anxiety feelings um, kind of rise up. And I've appreciated what I think, Michael Davis, you said on this podcast a few weeks ago, saying that we don't have to be afraid of hard conversations, right? Like if this podcast gets people worked up or like, Rebecca, why did you say that? Then I I can say um, to myself and to God, like, I don't have to be afraid of that. That's That feels really uncomfortable, but it's not dangerous. And just entering in um, into conversations with a lot of prayer, um, but a specific thing is, um, I think when I personally and then corporately it being in the Word, I think is and um, a posture of worship, um, it smooths the way for like the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I am personally in the word every day and then corporately with my f- church family on Sundays and then community group and, um, and then worshiping the Lord together and studying the word together, then that, that kind of is a balm, a, a lotion um, for, for other, like maybe much um, like some really uncomfortable conversations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Adriana, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, when I think of healing, I always think of like cleaning a wound. Because mm. uh, I think sometimes when we talk about healing, if we want to take that analogy all the way there, mm-hmm. um, we say like slap a Band-Aid on it. Mm, right, right. <laughs> and let's unify. We shouldn't be. And I I worry a little bit about people that are going to say, okay, I'm glad it's over so we can stop talking about mm-hmm. it. And, and yeah, we can just right. get back to, you know. Um, yep. And even like we can we can stop holding people accountable because mm-hmm. you know who I wanted to win, win one or whatever. Um, I think true healing comes when you go ahead and open up the wound and and clean that wound. And so like re- what Rebecca was saying, um, now that we are we have a posture towards God's word, um, which causes you to love Him and to love His people, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Yeah. In that love, let's go ahead and talk about, let's continue to have these conversations of where we feel like acting out the gospel is different Mm -hmm. when it comes to politics. Let's talk about that so we can get on the same accord, even agree to disagree, whatever it is. But I think true unity comes when we acknowledge the diversity of opinion, when we acknowledge the the diversity of like background and knowledge, Mm -hmm. when we bring that all to the same table, even when we debate, we learn. Mm-hmm. If we're, if we're really debating mm-hmm. in a healthy way, mm-hmm. right. not yeah. not like coming for each other or hitting below the belt, but when we really talk about these issues, 
I may come to the table thinking one thing and my brother or sister says something else that I didn't think about, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. a group of people I didn't think about, whatever. Um, And I think when I have that, I always like to see all the different sides of Mm. a, a situation anyway. When I have a bigger picture, I feel like I am more empowered on how I should act mm-hmm. when I can see the different, you know, views of things. So I, I hope that with healing, we clean first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's then, good. you know it's what good. I'm saying? We, we go um, and we continue. And like I, this all is possible. I'm not saying that it's easy because <laughs> I know like I have a calm voice and I'll talk about this stuff and it's like, girl, yeah. um, it's hard. Yeah. But that's why we have Jesus. Like the, the only way this Come is going to happen is if we are truly looking to God for Mm -hmm. wisdom Mm -hmm. on how to have these conversations, for wisdom on how to move forward after we've talked about so many different issues, you know, Mm -hmm. different churches, downtown church, you know, we all are equipped to help in different ways. And so, um, yeah, we have to look to God for wisdom. Mm -hmm. We have to continue to let him be our source. Um, What Richard said was super convicting, just coming Mm -hmm. off the bat, like, if this divides us that much, then yeah. was our hope really in God? I mean, yeah. that's that's yeah. real. That's a, fact. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a fact. That, that's a healing question, though, <laughs> to yeah, really yeah. ask ourselves. So, uh, I know we don't have, don't have a lot of time, but yeah, I hope that we clean first, yeah. and then and then go to God for our our healing and comfort. Hmm. What yeah. is it? Hmm. What is it, um, Richard? What does it look like for us to clean first? If the church's role at this point is to be something in that cleansing process, what is it to be? Yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, the only way to do that, I mean, I I just keep thinking about the distinct community of downtown church. And and I would say the overwhelming majority of churches, you could be in the hallway pre-COVID, or or maybe now with a mask on six feet apart, Mm -hmm. and you could just immediately assume what the other person was feeling about the election. And so the conversation would be either, oh, can you believe the outcome? Or could you believe, can you believe the outcome, you know? Mm-hmm. And you assume what the other person thinks. And what I love about downtown church is that you can't assume that. Mm. Uh, white or black. And so uh, Latino or Asian. And so I think having... It's not just having a conversation, but having the conversation in a diverse environment, mm-hmm. um, because there are a lot of people having conversation. But but if you're not having a conversation with people unlike you mm. that didn't vote like you, or you can't assume they voted like you, and and that have a different opinion, um, that cl- that cleansing is not going to happen. Mm. And so I think the hard work is really for us to come to each other in a Matthew 7 kind of way where Jesus said, don't look at the Mm. speck in your brother's eye until you've taken the log out of your own eye. Mm. But he doesn't say, don't stop, you know, don't talk. He says, first, take the log out of your own eye, and then you're going to be good (laughs) to talk about the speck in your brother's eye. And unfortunately, uh, politics is the log in most of our eyes. It's an Mm. idol, Mm. uh, nationalism. Um, and so, mm-hmm. so we got to come humbly and, and saying to one another, trying, really trying to dig down and drill down on what am I missing? Mm-hmm. What is, does this other person believe? How has, is their view, how does their view possess something that I need to possess mm-hmm. as opposed to how do I convince them? You know, yeah. um, I'm not listening. I'm just convincing then mm. you're going to go nowhere. There's going to be no mm. cleansing. It's just going to be more wounds, mm. and uh, it's going to be like combat. Mm. So. Mm. 
That's good. That's good. Um, just shifting directions just a little bit, unless we anybody want to add anything to that idea or that notion in which it, what it looks like for the church to um, for us to be cleansing, cleansing, cleaning, in the cleaning process. I want to shift to um, Rebecca asking you how would you encourage a lot of people who are um, anxious um, about how these this subject of the election will divide the table at Thanksgiving hmm. or cause oh um, some angst <laughs> amongst friends. Um, well, how would you advise them? How would you encourage them? You know, how are they going in those situations? Um, so I think that I'm in the process of doing this and bringing this before the Lord, this question of... Um, and I read a psalm, literally, I think it was yesterday, Psalm 78, and started crying as I read this line. It, it's a psalm that, like many places in the Bible, retells the story of the people of God, the people of Israel, and a huge um, part of their history. And a lot of times, like the central story that is told is the story of their movement from slavery to freedom, from um, you know crossing the Red Sea. And in Psalm 78, there's this line that says, um, can God really spread a table in the wilderness? Um, so you said, like, literally spreading the table at Thanksgiving. Like, there's going to be these, um, you know, wow. we always have these banquets um, around the holidays. And um, can God really spread a table in the wilderness? So thinking about if those relationships feel like a wilderness or... Um, uh, just navigating certain waters that maybe feel new or um, like I've been learning so much in the last year. So like, I don't even know how to like put into words some of the things that I'm learning and then assuming that I'm going to be learning a lot more. And like, if I say something, but then like start thinking something different a, a few days later, feeling like shame over what I thought just last week or two weeks ago. I don't know, but just being at peace with like, can God really spread a table in the wilderness? The answer being obviously yes, right? Mm -hmm. Like God, um, you know, and, and the Israelites, eventually they say like, oh, we had meat, you know, pots in Egypt and, and they forget mm -hmm. that they were in, um, enslaved there and then can God really spread a table in the wilderness he actually brings them from slavery into into the wilderness into the de another desert mm -hmm. it's not like he brings them into the promised land right away they're in this new desert and they have to really depend on God's provision daily mm -hmm. provision with the manna daily provision with quail um and they lose trust all the time. So all that gives me hope. Like, I can keep losing trust like the Israelites and God's going to be faithful. Yes, he can spread a table in the wilderness. Um, so I think what we do, I think reading the Psalms, like the Psalms gives um, a breadth and a depth to our emotions mm -hmm. um, that good. allows us to know what questions to ask of God. So I would say like that's maybe one thing specific. That's good. I appreciate that. I know that many of y'all will be facing that at home with family at Thanksgiving um, dinner, uh, lunch, it may be topic of the conversation. Some of y'all may say, police it and say, we don't want to talk about this. Yeah. And that's okay. Um, and so uh, if there are things that you, um, as you're listening to this and you want to suggest or ask a question, please send a comment, shoot a comment, mm -hmm. write some down, um, because we all need help with that. But Adrian, I wanted to ask you the question of, you know, as a church, uh, many of us will be coming together in community groups and friends. And so, obviously, we're talking about this, how this can be polarizing. What do you say to uh, 
our community, how we continue to, how this is not the driving force of, of, of who we are, what we do, et cetera, um, and our friendships and maintaining those. What do you say to those individuals? Yeah, I think sometimes I'm a broken record when it comes to this, but I think it's important for us to just realize we are whole, complete people, <laughs> dynamic, multifaceted. And so um, if I know that about my brother and sister, I don't have to just say like, oh, I thought you were one person and you're not the same person, mm. so I'm not going to go as deep in community like, you know, as I was before. Because mm. community groups, I mean, if we're, let's be real. Um, I think community groups sometimes can be very deep mm-hmm. where we are really, really doing life on life with each other. We know what's going on um, in our spiritual, emotional, <laughs> physical life. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. when it comes to prayer requests, we're not just saying, oh, Lord, please give me wisdom or Lord, please give me patience. You know, right. like we're actually and we all want those things, but um, we're actually saying, like, I've been struggling mm-hmm. with this sin, you know what I'm right, saying, right. Um, or whatever. I need wisdom because I'm in a very tough situation with family right now. You know, mm-hmm. I think we all know as mm-hmm. Christians, like, how things can be surface or deep. Um, and so I think as, as being in community groups, I think it's important for us, again, to continue these conversations, mm-hmm. knowing that this does not have to be the end all, be all of my relationship with my brother mm-hmm. or sister in Christ. Yeah. I can actually disagree with you politically and still yeah. love you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yeah. I can. Amen. And, and I think uh, specifically for people of color, this is harder mm. because um, there are just certain policies, policies that really are in direct conflict with um, my humanity, right. me being mm. seen as a full human being. Yeah. I get that. I totally, totally get that. Um, and I do think that on a certain level, um, you are less likely to go really, really deep with somebody when they um, may may feel a certain way. Or, uh, but I th- I think that's why it's important to have the conversation. I hope I'm making sense. I think that's why it's important to have the conversation, though, to see where their thoughts are on that topic. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it is that this person may just view your race or this group of people as one way, but sometimes it's also just an ignorance of how that what they're saying affects you yeah. or um, how that policy truly affects your race or your your socioeconomic mm-hmm. stance or whatever. Um, that's what I have seen the most is I get to know this person. There's one comment and it's just like, well, wait a mm-hmm. minute, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. The more I talk to that person, the more I see like either you really don't know yeah. <laughs> how this is affecting black people as a black woman. Mm-hmm. You, you may not really see how this affects black women, yeah. a, a black woman, or um, you're just saying what was said to you, mm-hmm. which uh, I mean, both are, are mm-hmm. kind of ignorance. And so. Yep. Sorry, I know I'm going like way no, deep into good. the weeds, but um, that's why I think it's important to keep on having those conversations because it could be that you're looking at somebody as one one dimension mm-hmm. um, and you're not really understanding what goes underneath mm-hmm. all of those other things. I think that to do that, it does take some vulnerability. Mm-hmm. It is a risk because yeah. it yeah. could be that you start trying to like tell this person like this is how this affects me and they're not ready mm-hmm. to really have that conversation mm. and in that sense like you know it's hard <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. that may be um that that is more difficult that may be a time where you have to kind of alter your relationship in a way 
but I think um, it's worth going in deep to see what's going on underneath the surface before we just throw somebody away. <laughs> that makes any sense because God doesn't throw us away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I know that was. No, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's difficult. Well, it's can I add difficult. to that? Yeah. So I think like I'm gonna have safe some safer relationships that like someone makes a comment and I'm like, well. Okay, that's kind of offensive, but like I'm married to you, for instance, you know, so <laughs> we're going to keep talking about that. Yeah. So I think different relationships are different. And so I think having some really trust, a really trusted circle of people who are, you know, maybe some who are similar, but also who are very different from you so that you can go to them and be like, hey, I had this really uncomfortable conversation. And so maybe you can't have that same conversation with the 100th person, but you can with your second or, th- you know, like. I don't know. I think there are rings of confidence and I think that's okay. I don't know. Like I, yeah. this space is a very safe place for me, for instance, you know, with yeah. these people right here and it's different for different people. And I would not have the, the same conversations that I have with y'all people right here that I do with, you know, maybe some right. people. Yeah. And I guess that's what I'm saying. Like if you already have a relationship with this person for like two or three years and you are deep and you know, you love this person and they say one thing and you just completely cut that off. Like, don't do that to right. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that to your own heart. I don't think continue to have the conversation. Right. Right. Now it may come to a point where you can't continue, but I bet you if it's been two to three years and you really love this person, there is a common ground right. that you all can find. Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be emotionally taxing. But I think if you, if this person is already in your inner circle like if one of you all said something that I didn't agree with I wouldn't throw you away I'd be like okay now wait a minute hold on sis like let's talk about this better not better not (laughs) so I I think it's I think I think I get uh I am saddened by relationships that it's been you've been in deep community for years and then it's just a complete cutoff it's just like now wait a minute like we are supposed to be Christians Mm -hmm. and we're supposed to love each other and it is painful to be in community period right absolutely so you might as well figure it out yeah it's painful to be in community with with people from the same background you know what I mean so I I guess that's what I'm saying we're multifaceted don't throw people away So we're coming up on a on a wrap up here. Uh, no, it's all good. It was a really good conversation. What we can take away from here from this is number one, we knew we know and should know that um, y'all probably hear the train in the background. And y'all heard Sir G. He was back there screaming um, <laughs> the whole time. Sound like an infant. That boy. He woo we that boy something now. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> but we know that uh, first of all, politics shouldn't divide us. If downtown church is divided, if our communities are divided or whatnot, then it shows where uh, where our hearts and our hopes lie. And so we should be united. Number two, uh, there's, a, there's a level through healing, restoration, and in unity, cleansing has to happen. And that cleansing has to happen by recognizing what's going on in your, your life. Some introspection has to happen. You have to realize what is uh, poking and pride in me. And then when you are having those conversations with friends and family, uh, remember that these conversations will be difficult and they will be hard, but they should not divide us, cause uh, a level of um, not wanting to be around each other, but actually a level of wanting to come and understand one another because we love and care. Our roles are not done as citizens, beloved. We um, are still uh, citizens of this nation, and just because this election is over, it does not mean, well, what we assume to be over, whatever that looks like, it does not mean our role in this society is over. Still care for those that are in need, um, still fight for justice, still uh, fight for 
the black and brown bodies that have been uh, killed unjustly, still fight for uh, and fight against police brutality, yes. still fight for economic justice. There are so many things that we are consistently, continually getting into the good trouble um, that we need to. And so I don't want us to look at this as all things are over, but as we move towards that clean, cleansing process that we are, our aim is restoration. And that's take one. Um, and we are glad that y'all listen to us and we ask that y'all keep coming back, um, share it with your friends and your loved ones. We love you. Everybody amen, say, amen. we out. We out. Wear Bye. your mask. Wear your mask. Wear your, wear your mask. Mask.